When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. How we feeling tonight, Bingetown? Welcome back to our Rooks and Vets coverage of Alice in Borderland. And this week's episodes are fucking phenomenal. That's all I have to say right now. These were by far the most hyped up episodes for me, at least on my rewatch. So I'm ready to get into it. Any thoughts from our Rook? This is like so not important, but it's curious to me why there's not episode names. I don't know why. I just because just hearing you do the intro, it's like, oh, we're doing and it's just episode three and four. Only because it doesn't convey like what the fuck happened in these goddamn episodes. That's what kind of makes um, it good. You know, they're not going to get a spoiler when it's just says episode three. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a good point. But there's, I mean, there's a little bit of gray air between spoiler yeah, and true. a number. If I'm honest, it's it's hard to like summarize these two episodes and like how I feel about them. So it'll be f- at least like well, you know, we'll talk them out a little bit, and then I'll have I, I've written down some final thoughts. But uh, I'm just kind of reeling at the moment. It's kind of mm-hmm. difficult to to kind of find my footing. I will say that episode three was some of the best emotional piece of television I've, I've watched in a really long time. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I don't think I came away from an episode of TV and had my mouth open to the level I, I did at the end of episode three since the Red, Red wedding, wedding Game of Thrones. Literally my thoughts exactly where this is the Red Wedding episode of Alice in Borderland for me. At least that feeling of like, I can't believe they just killed that character, you know? Dude, I would have laid down a million dollars that at the beginning of episode three, even when the game started, that there was zero chance that both Chota and Karube were going to die. And my God, that shit was so intense. The flashbacks I thought were really well done. Even if you're not even looking at this through the scope of it being a manga adaptation, like it was just good television. I felt the emotion. I was tears in my eyes, chills all around. I just thought episode three was incredible. Hard to follow it up with episode four, but episode four had an interesting game as well. Yeah, when you say the flashbacks were good, they were good at getting you deep into your feels and then just ripping your heart out as much as possible because that's exactly what they did. They just went, I mean, not to get into it too much, but they gave you so much backstory, the one flashback each, and then it just gave meaning to their actions so much more. And it was so sad i just i hated watching it again like it feels like a manga i mean if you watch like anime like those kind of flashback sequences you get before a character death are like a a theme almost in anime manga so during the red wedding like you're not getting flashbacks of like rob stark's you know life beforehand or his wife's life beforehand you know what i mean it's in manga you get those flashbacks right before a character is about to die and i think they did a really good job here and i think luke mentioned it too that the pacing of this first season is kind of supposed to be like the first half of the manga, essentially. And so I think even with it being paced like pretty quickly, I guess, if you had already read it, I think they do a very good job. All right. So we open up with Arisu just being absolutely devastated about the tagger uh, being killed from the last episode. He essentially just blames himself for it, even though it's all the game master's fault. We see Silverhair search the body of the other tagger that died, and he finds literally a terrible drawing of like a testicle. <laughs> no, that's what I said. 
literally could gather nothing. Kyle, do you have anything on that picture? The only other besides a testicle, the only <laughs> thing was like like a very vague map. Who literally knows what? So going from there, uh, we have the gang reuniting back at their meeting spot, whatever it is, and they begin discussing the beach. Beach you. You know, they're talking about actual beaches. They're like, which beach is closest to us? They list off a few of them. They decide it'll be best to just do the next game and kind of ask questions there since Shibuki and Chota's visas are expiring. And do we get the classic anime line or type of anime line where Karuba says, I will go to the beach no matter what? Just like, you know, setting a resolve, setting a goal in a way you <laughs> like no one talks like that. On the rewatch, they gave us so many fucking hints that he was mm-hmm. not going to make it out of this game. And that was one <laughs> of them. So we get Usagi mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm surprised at, at what I'll do to survive. And then Ichigo is kind of like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to survive no matter what. And then in the following scene, Ariso's or Arisu is kind of like, like I guess I'm trying to survive, but like I don't really know how I feel about all this. And it's interesting to see the the kind of dichotomy between him and everyone else. And even in that conversation too, Shibuki is like, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to survive as well. While Arisu, who is our main character and is kind of seems like you know the most important, the most talented at the games themselves, is kind of like drifting through space, which is how he lived his life beforehand. We do get a lot of continuation of backstory for the all these characters, minus Arisu. I mean, we do in flashbacks for Arisu, but really what I want to focus on is that we get the full story of... What's her name? I always refer to her as... Shibuki. Shibuki. We get a Shibuki. little bit more about like what was going on with her backstory and how she had to you know bang to climb the ranks of the, the corporate world that she was in. Then we also have the Karube going to the bar and pulling the proposal ring, so we know that that is a huge part of his character and personality. So that's a little bit more than him just cheating on, you know, him hooking up with his girl who's cheating on the husband, which I was led to believe was a different kind of relationship. I thought he was just like a ladies man, but he actually has feelings for this girl. So that's a huge part of him. Which I mean, good for you for wanting to propose to somebody, but isn't she dating your boss or your ex boss? That's a weird yeah. relationship dynamic. It honestly felt really random. Just, um, it was just to give a diff- deeper impact at the end of this episode when he's got yeah, like, a lot on yeah. the ring and I don't yeah. really love that. <laughs> I mean, it was cool that he like everybody had their own thing, but I feel like their friendship would have been enough. But to go back to the conversation of Shibuki and Ariso on the balcony, she's saying like, "Hey, just talk about what gossip." And he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I watched somebody die today. Oh, that's cool." I, and he also just pictured you as her as you walked in here. But I just thought it was so funny because Shibuki says, "In my first game, everyone died but me." I don't want to go out that way. And as a vet watching this, all I could think about is the meme of the little kid just holding the styrofoam cup, just looking to the side. Like, <laughs> is anybody going to tell her? Like, that's exactly what's going to happen. We see Karube kind of take a detour as they're getting ready to go to the game. He goes to grab his wedding ring. We, As Paul said, we saw Arisu and Shibuki kind of talk about their experiences. Arisu is still dealing with this guilt. Okay, so Shibuki, Chota, and Arisu waiting for Karube to get into this game. And... Chota and Shibuki are like real anxious to get this game going, which I get that their visas are expiring, but Chota had no right to be that mad at Karube, especially with them being so close. Dude, your boy's just making a stop. Like, you got to trust that he's going to be at this meetup location before the game. Why are you guys freaking out? Oh, man, I feel like if I was Chota and my life is on the line and this dude is late to a game 
and I might die if he's late, I feel like I'd be a little upset too. I, I really thought we were all going to be on the same page as fuck Chota and Shibuki's little situation over there. It, I to me, it, when I was watching I, this the first time, I, it really felt like it, at this moment that Shibuki was really trying to pull Chota away from everyone. As we learned, that's not the case, but that's kind of how I took it. It's like, she's really trying to fuck with this crew. Yeah, I guess I wasn't like that harsh, although my exact words were that he's being a bit bitch made. Maybe not fully, you know, because I kind of get it. They've been taking care of you, like kind of doing everything for you. Exactly. I mean, if the man's out doing something, it's kind of like you can cut him some slack. It's not like he's not getting laid because he is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You would think that he just got some pussy, so he'd be like in a little bit of a better mood. No, he's got that post not clarity right now. (laughs) That's a good point. Let's just get right into this game because that's kind of the next. There's not a lot that happens before. No, yeah. So this is what I have. The gang arrives at their next game. Takes place at a botanical. Is that how you pronounce that word? Mm -hmm. Botanical garden, uh, along with the usual one person phone setup. There's also headsets and tools slash weapons for each player to choose from. And then once everyone has what they need with the headset being on the phone in hand and a weapon. The game starts and we see a seven of hearts. And if there's anything we know about the hearts games, it is they're just a game of fuckery. <laughs> they're just a game of betrayal, yeah. right? One person will be the wolf. The other players, players will be the lambs. The one found by the wolf will be the next wolf. Hide well so that the wolf doesn't find you. And the clear condition is whoever is the wolf at the end of the game wins, which is the twist, because when you're re- getting read these instructions, you think, OK, all the lambs have got to hide from the wolf and whoever the wolf is is going to die. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. We have the wolf at the end is going to live. So we already know at this point in time, they're all confused by it too. They're all trying to figure out why would it not be the other way around? Shibuki is the first one to realize what's going on. And she's like, mean that guys. And then everyone looks at her and then she gets the wolf card and then just darts. I want to put some respect on her name because that was smart. she is smart in that regard. And she has an insane survival instinct and then also, Paul mentioned it earlier, she did outlast a whole group of people in her first game, which is what you just have to assume she did right before she met them in the maze in the maze game that they, in episode one. And she was fully prepared to do the same thing again to them in that episode. So, exactly. Yeah. So she is cutthroat, and I kind of like it. But don't you just feel that it was a little weird? Her backstory didn't, for me at least, it didn't necessarily make that much sense to really spend the time on it and there there wasn't like a satisfying payoff of her just being someone that banged her way up the corporate ladder and what do you guys think about that like is she someone that deserved that backstory does it explain like how she acts in the game and stuff i'm glad you brought it up because i was thinking that a lot especially in the beginning of this episode when she is bringing those flashbacks to banging her boss and then she's thinking about her promotion they show a lot of her quote unquote work or her job or company or whatever it is and about AI advancement. And it made me think it's going to play a part later on just because they went so deep into it. And then, you know, she doesn't make it to episode four. So you just convinced me already. So it's it's, awesome. It's very interesting. And she even says something like right in the beginning of the game, like, oh, it's eye tracking detection and stuff like that. It's just like further AI development. But yeah, I totally agree. It, it felt very strange. Like I didn't feel bad for her. Like it was feel like it was thrown in there, and then bang. Yeah, yeah. She honestly feels like a wasted character. Feels Maybe like she wasn't in there, or should have gotten more. I yeah. I mean, I guess if I had to pick, I would have wanted more because feels like I don't care that she died at all. Mm-hmm. That could okay. also be a thing about the pacing that I mentioned earlier in the pod episode, just like how they, you know, if next season was on pace for the manga, like it should end next season, which it's not going to. But I think right. there's just 
What it might, it could, it could yeah. definitely, but they're they're rushed with all this information. They have all these characters they need to get through, and Shibuki is one that's like not that important to the story. So just give her a backstory, make give it a little bit of connection to the audience, and then throw her away. To get Chota a nut, that's fine. I understand yeah, you that. that. Help the boy out, man. Yeah, yeah but that didn't mean anything because he doesn't fucking change. He's still fucking praying like a little bitch. He's crying at the end. Yeah. He didn't fucking change at Holy all afterwards. Mother. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I do want to say before the game started, when they rolled up to that table, and not even the headsets, but like the fucking screwdrivers and pliers and like saws and knives. I would just be like, red flags. This is not going to be a fun game. And they're all like, are we disassembling something? And I'm like, come on, dude. I know this is your second game, Jota, but like, that is not how this works. Try and red herring it for like two seconds that it's meant to take the helmets off, right? And then that is just clearly not the reason. Also, Ichigo picks up the fucking nice knife. And then he puts it on his shoulder, literally like Ichigo holds fucking Zangetsu. And I was like, that that has to be on purpose. And if it's not, it's on purpose to me. <laughs> That's awesome. He like rests it on his fucking traps and stuff. I'm like, look at this guy. He was like, I'll take this one. Yeah, beast. So I don't know how much of the next 20 minutes we want to actually get into because it's- so eventually Arisu like gets the wolf uh, tracking from Shibuki after Chota's like holding down Shibuki and Karibe is kind of running around. But Arisu ends up getting it breaks away from the rest of the group in order to try and figure out a way that they can all win. And as he's trying to kind of figuring this all out, like Katabe's kind of thinking about everything, realizing that death is right around the corner. So he's kind of getting pissed at everyone else, calling Arisu out, saying your life is worthless, blah, blah, blah. Shit's hitting the fan right now. The Let's whole take group this is a little bit apart. slower. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say that in the beginning, when it does transfer to Karube gets it, And I think he runs away and then she starts chasing him. And then that is a pretty savage scene when she just starts fucking up his rib injury. Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about that from like before. And she, she again, just speaks to the fact that she is just cutthroat and she does not care at all. She just wants to live. And my man gets fucked up, dude. That would destroy you. He just took a machete to the side of the ribs and she just didn't smash him once or twice to get him to look at her. She smashed him like 18 fucking times and just, Oh, God, man, he was probably going to die anyway, like even if he survived this game because of blood loss and just fucked up organs. He also had just, you know, moments before that buried that knife into that wood right where her head was. He was like 100 percent prepared to just kill her, like slice her head in half. I was like, holy shit. No, you're absolutely right, Luke. Even just every time I see that scene, I'm literally wincing, barely looking at the screen. because I'm just like that would yeah. murder him. That would absolutely. So. Kill him. We already said this earlier, but there's only 15 minutes. That is an incredibly quick game because I think the the tag next game, game tw- in episode four is two hours. The one I don't, before it was 20 minutes. The oh, tag that's game true. was that's 20 true. minutes. 20 minutes. And then the, the game the, in episode one wasn't that long. So I guess it's not that crazy. But you find out 15 minutes from now, everyone except the wolf person is going to die. And you're just with your boys there. That's shitty. And could you imagine if other people were also there? Like if there was like three other randos, do you know how much harder this would have been? I was thinking that too when I was watching. Yeah, it was definitely like weird in the beginning when it was like, is it this going to be a game where it's just the four of them again? And obviously it turned out to be terrible that that was the case. But I actually, no, I guess not because I mean, no. it would have been, well, I mean, it would have been worse from like a, a loss of human life perspective, but like we probably wouldn't have cared about the randos dying. Should've Question. Sent 
Chota and Shibuki in there alone, and it would have been fine. Yeah, like you guys, yeah. our visas are good. Like yeah. y- y'all got it. I was. <laughs> I think they looked around that. and was like, okay. I guess they didn't know when they crossed the line when they, that there was and no also, one else in there. Also, you're gonna leave one of your best friends, Chota, with a fucking burnt <laughs> leg with a girl, and just you're not gonna be a good friend and just be like, oh, let me help you out. Okay, well, him with that leg, because we're kind of at this point when he, well, when Ardisu is the wolf and. Shibuki comes out and it's like, you know, someone like you shouldn't be the one who survives. And then uh, Ichigo is like, you know, there's no more hope anymore. And at this point, I'm thinking, I had been thinking like, oh, God, like Chosa might end up siding with Shibuki, you know, because he he got that nut from her, you know, and then he just flies out and body slams her. I was like, let's fucking go. And then she hits him with the line, I let you fuck me. Rose before hers, man. Yeah, bro. That's, he gives her the business with one leg. He holds her down for like 10 minutes. Unbelievable, too. I was let's, thinking that. Let's do some quick math here. The last game in episode two was five, right? It was a five of... Whatever. Cl- no, spades. Spades. Okay, so Arisu and Karube have five extra days left. Because this is that, right? Isn't it, Wouldn't it be... So is it aggregate? Does it... Because... They their first game was a three. Yeah, right? they should have four. They should have right now currently four days, whereas Chota and Shibuki have none or like well, hours the, left. The first game was a three. Yeah, yeah, but the, and, they're, oh, they're oh, at oh, zero oh. at the start because like this is their it, last day, Chota and Shibuki, because they said we're going to die if we don't go extend our visas tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of three. Take away the three from the other two, obviously. Then they're at five. Yeah. So. Okay. They have five more. Uh, if it stacks, I assume yeah. it stacks. And just honestly, having that conversation with the guy who knew things, Nirobi, Nitobi, whatever, from Nitobi, the last episode, Nitobi, yeah. knowing that there was a possibility of the betrayal heart games, I would always not send the full boys in. Like if us four were in this world, I would never send all four of us into anything. Maybe three and hope for the best. But I don't know. I feel like Arisu should be a little bit more strategic about that information because that's his whole thing. He's such a gamer. Yeah, but then you look at the group that we find in episode four. They're like, we've just done three, five games together and we we're all alive, you know. Strategically, I guess guess hearts don't mean everyone except one person dies. There's a 25% chance of getting a heart. You have a 75% chance if you show up with your boys that you're going to, you know, all work together and Mm -hmm. kill it. Yeah, it's it's really. I tough guess the to benefits do are there. You're right. You're right. I'm it's with just that. like if that heart does pop up, you're just fucked. There's yeah. nothing you can do to go into a little bit more about these 20 minutes of suspense. Sorry, I was looking for the word right there. <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes of suspense. Uh, we get a little bit more into the backstory of the trio. We just get some really like lovey dovey scenes of them like all being all friendly together. We get a little bit of uh, Arisu's backstory a little bit more and how he just feels absolutely worthless in this moment in time. He's just remembering all of his dad's thoughts. He honestly was a little unlikable in that initial flashback when he's just not even acknowledging his dad and his brother looking up from yeah. the game. It is funnier when the two pop up from the stairs and they're just making him laugh and then he just bounces. That's all fine. But he didn't even acknowledge his like family. I know they're, they're shitty to him and stuff, but that felt like a weird interaction. And like the, we had mentioned it too, his mom, I don't know how recently it was that his mom had passed in that moment, but yeah. like he could be, I mean, he obviously is dealing with it in some ways, but I agree. I mean, at least attempt to talk to your family, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say in that situation. Yeah, I was just going to go on and say, yeah, it's really weird. His friends mean the world to him. Basically, he doesn't really give a shit about anything else besides that. And this is like, you know, when he's in the cave and he's in the fetal position. I have a quick question. Do you think that was real snot? 
Or was that CGI that came out of his nose? Because if it was real, that was great acting. <laughs> he looked. He's a pitiful. method actor. You didn't know. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, He's and really they, good at facial acting. The, mm-hmm. the expressions of uh-huh. is crazy. <laughs> um, and then it goes back to like the they're in the bar and Carrie is talking about getting a farm in Australia and showed is like, yeah, I'm like doing the food delivery drone service. Yeah, of course we got to get the uh, the dreams of all the characters. Yeah literally right before i was like come on man but okay kyle what were you thinking at this point even pre the first flashback when the game is just mid going and i guess we could just take it from the point where there's like 10 minutes left and i think arisu just becomes the wolf like what were you thinking were you thinking they were figuring it out were you thinking death was going to happen um i mean it's easy to to trust arisu is going to figure it out and that's also what it was like really off-putting that Ichigo was like immediately aggressive, like a- against him and very aggressive. And it was like, I- I- like, he has figured everything out so far. Why would you not at least take the time to try to figure things out? You know, cause like they're all getting pissed at him, but like he's doing what would be best for the group. I mean, granted it's easy to get mad at him cause he's the one that has the wolf, but like, no, he's trying, he's using these tools that we mentioned earlier and he's trying to yeah. rip it off. Why Karube's just running around saying you're being selfish. Like, fuck you. Like I should be the one to survive. even though he's bleeding out. In my opinion, he's the last one that I would have given it to, but Choda's hurt too. Like it should have been him. Yeah, I think Karube, I mean, with his, I mean, Choda has a job granted, but like Karube actually in his mind, he's like, I have a future with a woman, whereas Chota and Arisu both have really nothing going for him. Like, if of, uh, of, of us three, I'm the one to live. Plus, he's a beast and a fighter. Medical supplies oh, like, and like what would yeah. happen to you in other games, you would be handicapped like Chota currently is. And I think the best way to do this, is, and we find out in the next game in episode four, that dude, being handicapped and physically injured is such a disadvantage. And to me, Arisu has the mind for games. He's the choice if I was going to pick any of them. I mean, imagine you're just sitting like you're playing this game and all you're just hearing this timer every like five minutes, like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. That's literally counting down your death. You got to freak the fuck out at yeah, some point, I, I and especially with Audiso leaving and not being like, OK, let's knock out Shibuki and us three guys try and talk this out and see what we can do. You know, I get the pressure of the games on him right there. I do love that Chota just was out. He was like, I'm just going to take one for the team. You guys fucking do this. Okay, let's and get chokes that. out. That, that's what, that's yeah. what's all happening here because Karube is already freaking out at Arisu who's hiding and he starts giving up after the tools aren't working saying like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and that's when we started and hit the first set of flashbacks and at, this is the point where I agree with Kyle where I was I didn't love it the set first time or the second time of Karube being so aggressive but he does turn it around and has an epic end of episode moment right like looking in the moonlight smoking the sig and stuff but now that we're talking about the tools my question to you guys is do you think one of those tools actually could have no taken off the headset no that was, i had a question for that after and i was like do you think there was an actual solution like, to this puzzle it's kind of also like the hydration station at the next game it's like do they actually are they actually trying to help you try and get this game done to the best of your abilities in this case offering you a solution weapon or is it all just a trap? You know, like it's hard to say. That was my question because I feel like there has, there, well, there really doesn't have to be because there's no fucking rules. But I feel like there should be a solution to the game, even if it is very difficult. But the okay. point is to get you to not think logically because you are on a timer with such high stakes. Of the games we've saw so far, everyone could have survived. Did we have well, no, door? because in the, the ta- in the tag game, the two horse people couldn't survive. 
I just think that so far, every game we've seen, even including in the next episode, you could always have everyone live. So disagree. Far. I just think the horse people were in that game too. You're I mean, not I get counting. that. I'm, I get. I know where you're coming from. That like they technically are players too, but I would they say would definitely that be dead. it's pretty much already. Com- if what you're getting at is that the games are set up where there's a hundred percent, there's a possibility the of hundred percent chance of survival. I'm disagreeing. That's, That's interesting because that was kind of like in episode one when Ichigo says to Arisu like. Don't you always say that there's a solution to every game? Isn't the horses being game characters enough to just say that's off the table anyway? Because they could yeah. have both won. I mean, Own it's also, yeah, they I mean, could that... have survived by themselves. Those two could have completely survived by themselves. Or everybody else from the other not horse people could yeah. have all survived. Well, I think a game is defined as a single card goes to the prize winner and the lights go up. One happens every night. And there's not a hundred percent chance of survival for people to all come out in every single game. That's just, I just think it's that simple. Yeah. And I also think I agree with that too, yeah. especially yeah. because at the beginning of this episode, it kind of feels like that's the realization that Arisu comes to is that yeah. there isn't a solution to every one of these games. Mm-hmm. I'll accept that. Yeah. I'll accept that answer. Before you guys thinking of any possible solutions or anything to try for this, because the only thing I thought of is either set up a series of mirrors. Yep. That's it. <laughs> to just freak out the AI tracking system and everybody's looking everybody in the eye at the same time. Or go straight up chameleon and the four people just stand in a circle. One eye goes one way and one <laughs> eye goes the other. And everybody's making eye contact with two other people and it's just circling the whole time. You could do you th- really think you could do that? No. You gotta learn that in fifteen minutes. <laughs> you know yeah, I was gonna say. So they give you fifteen minutes. The point of the knives and the tools is because you were supposed to stick a knife into your eye and move it physically. Yeah. So that, I was there you go. I was actually thinking, what happens if you're the wolf and you blind yourself? Like what happens? I think everyone would just win. die. Yeah, you <laughs> auto win it. Rip your eyes out and then you live and die in the next game because you can't uh, fucking get there. To go back to what Arisu did though, um, when he had the pliers around the wire and he was gonna do it, but then he couldn't because he just remembered the lady blowing up in front of him. I assume that would have blown up his collar. As oh, hundred well. percent. Yeah, yeah, that that was. That I was think good. he made the good call there, not doing that. I don't, I'm, I'm. I feel like it's it's but more tragic be... to think that that would have actually worked. Yeah. Right. Well, also, but if he was too afraid work, to pull the trigger. If it didn't work and it blew him up, they all die anyway because then no one's the wolf, right? We don't know well, unless the wolf resets. Yeah, like there's so many questions. It would be interesting to see, and just the game master just has to like. I don't know, all right, we'll try to get him on the pod. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Arisu's just in the fetal position crying, and then eventually he says, I'll make like a poo. I'll drop out. You guys are all I have, and I don't want to live without you guys. They kind and, of all hit this realization at the same time, mm-hmm. I feel like. Like Karube, Chota, Arisu, they all realize my other friends should be the ones to live, and that's what makes this so devastating is that Arisu, of course, is the one with the wolf tag, so he is more desperate than the other two to try and find the others. And I'm like sitting there. I was telling Luke before this, I'm like, as that timer's counting down, I'm like, oh, he's got it. I'm so confident that Odyssey's going to figure something out. Oh, my God. Not even worried about I it. I was not worried even in the slightest <laughs> the first time watching this episode. That's why I'm saying, like, my mouth was open. <laughs> now, that doesn't happen. That's an exaggeration that people say when they watch television. But my jaw was on the fucking floor. And holy shit, man. We get these last couple of flashbacks that honestly just sent chills down my spine when you just see them laughing so happy together just smiling eating the food saying dumb anime lines just yeah. classic camaraderie talking about shaved ice oh. and all this other stuff where are you guys Kyrie saying like hey i'm behind you but he won't look at him i was like oh god 
what really drove it over the edge as much as we like talk shit on shibuki and how much we hate her honestly the moment when like chota removes his hand from her mouth and she just complies with everyone else to be like okay this is the dude to do it that's what kind of i was like Damn. that was emotional yeah because it's like this bitch was that. just cutthroat for three episodes straight and now realizing it's her time to die you know and that was just emotional for me. It, yeah. and karube doesn't do it until he is still looking for arisu and he falls that's when he falls over and he's just bleeding everywhere right and that's when he drops the ring in front of him yeah and he had does he get another quick flashback here it might just be you him. just it see them hit the girl's face yeah, for a second the girl yeah and then oh man so after this realization that they all have with the final flashbacks and stuff arisu says like i'm done give it to one of you guys and then he starts running around the garden and every and they're all just dead silent right like they're just not saying anything mm. and then you know he's just having his moment saying where the fuck are you guys like someone take this and even he runs by like karuba's hiding spot and he's just like sitting there under the ledge that part is just it's already them already accepting that he's going to be the one that moves on. That's just so emotional. They're not saying anything and he's just freaking the fuck out. Chota's balling his eyes out. Like I said, him and uh, Shibuki are just embracing each other at this point in time. She dragged Shibuki into That's the right. car right. more yes. because they were on the bridge. The one like a like phenomenon, like where is the strength coming from? That's amazing. <laughs> and then that is when he stumbles on with, I think, 30 seconds left. And Kairubay's like, ah, oh, dude, shut up, dude. You're so noisy. <laughs> yeah, with 20 seconds left, Karube reveals himself to Arisu, does not make eye contact with him, and then we get the Arisu, Arigatayo. Boom! Main character's all dead. Arisu is covered in Karube's blood and is just absolutely shaken up. Dude, that scream he does was so good by the actor. And I love, and I love that it kind of like fades out a little bit just to like give that more of emotional... Like, it's not like full-on streaming you know it's kind of something's like clogging your ears kind of thing yeah just yeah it kills the sound a little yeah bit. exactly and it just emphasizes that this is all he has left like it just emphasizes like he is alone in this world right now karube got the best send-off man just that moonlight hitting him looking like a beast just one issue what? one issue tell arisu at that point in time why have arisu just watch you die Wow, you wanted to get his goodbye and tell him over the mic self. you know tell him no, like dude, Adi- you're about to die you can be a little selfish and get your Person, personal goodbye. He wasn't gonna sorry. Look in eyes. Sorry, I got my blood on your teeth. That's what I'm saying. He just blew, like Adisu runs over and just in uh, the splash zone is just caught up in all the blood. Yeah, dude. Uh, I would just commit. I just would not be able to mentally deal with that. I'd be like, all right, sorry, you gotta sacrifice yourself, but I told you to take it. I didn't want it, and then just commit. I was telling well, you before that is exactly the whole repercussion of the beginning of next episode. <laughs> I, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. It's just even with that ten seconds left, I was like, ah, we're still good. There's ten seconds. Arisu's got this. Like you can see Kadube. Like maybe they'll figure something out, and then nope. <laughs> now nah, when they when they showed like the shot of Kadube with like with the light. Mm-hmm. and like him smoking it was just like okay up, he's gone <laughs> it's definitely but i will say I, I'm, I'm my issue is also when you guys are talking about like shibuki doing like having the realization and like going along with it i thought that was made no sense that was like horribly out of character we didn't have any like like flashback for her to like think about that she was cool with it it just seemed like what was why did she just accept death and I just you know i mean the whole option. all these other episodes were her basically you know she's this shady person that will do anything to survive. And even at the beginning of this episode, you know, she was like, I don't want to go out like that. So what made her change her mind? I think she, it might've just been the fact that she was right on death's door, but like, I think she realized that she just deserved to die after what she did to all the other players. And like, even her life itself wasn't 
that great. Like she had to literally fuck her way up in the business world to get anywhere of relevance. Even when you see those moments, you can see the regret on her face that she was doing. Like she wasn't happy that she was like having sex with this dude. It was just how it happened. So I just figured in my mind, she was just like, I'm not a good person. Arisu is smart. His friends obviously have a lot of good things to say about him. He should just be the one to survive. I'm just, I might also just be playing the devil's advocate and just trying. Yeah, to- I feel like that's making are. a lot of assumptions about what they meant. I think it's not that deep. It, that realization when Chota lets go of her is 30 seconds left. So you're I was being fine realistic. With it. I yeah. personally liked it. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think she like was a good person and was saying that Arisu deserves this or anything. I just think. She was just going to have like a last 30 second real moment with Chota because she, I'm like not with Chota, but just she was going to die. There was no way around it. If she tried to get up, I'm sure Chota would have grabbed her again. Yeah, and she was pretty aware of that. It's just he didn't want to go out squeezing the shit out of her when they could just die together. I took it. She reached Nirvana when she had sex with Chota. Mm-hmm, yep. When she realized only one person could live, she was like, Chota, if it's not going to be you, I don't want to live. I can't live in a world without your penis. <laughs> and she was just like, I'll just tug you. Well, if she lived, his penis would have still been there. He just wouldn't have been alive. <laughs> would be permanently flaccid. All right. With us wrapping up three, I just have, I guess, my question to Kyle. You might have already answered a little bit in the intro, but did you expect those characters to die? If so, did you think it was going to be this early? Did you think it was going to be later? Uh, just your kind of th- and your final words on the three. Characters. Um. Well, no, I don't think there's any way to anticipate what happened at the end of this episode. I mean, they kind of lay on really thick, like we'll do anything to survive to kind of set you up for them not doing that. <laughs> um, but I'll be honest, I, I don't like the fact that they all died at once. And I guess like I, I, it make you know, it, it's going to push Arisu to to kind of develop and, and get over it, I guess. But it just feels like I don't care that Chota and Shibuki died. Like I only really felt the impact of Kairobe dying. Well, that's I feel like fine. Doing it all at once feel, felt like too much. You know, because it kind of lessens the impact from each individual. I want to say two things because direct. The first thing is just how I view this episode in the moment, and like looking back on the season as a whole as a vet. This was just the definition of just forced character development in a positive way for Arisu. Like he kind of needed this because now you know how dark this show is. He needed this to become emotionally more powerful and what he goes on to eventually do and the mindset that he has is so much more justified after having lived through this game and seeing what we just saw right there. Think of it as character development. That's all I can really say without spoiling anything. Cause I, it was a necessary episode for him as a character. And then Kyle to go more off your point about like, it felt like a lot losing them all at the same time. I feel like that was just a bolster. The fact that Arisu lost everything it, all in that one moment, like all he cared about in his world was his two friends. And after this game, they're completely gone and he's all alone. So mm-hmm. I, I do agree that it was a lot. And I was pissed because I fucking loved Carbe and I wanted to, to go way farther, but it did make that impact of holy shit. He literally has nobody now. Yeah. yeah. I, I just guess, you know, it, obviously I just feel like we could have lost those people. Maybe not all at the same time. You know, I feel like a gradual, kind of descent into that loneliness would have been preferable to me just because I felt like we could have gotten to know those characters a little more and it would have made their deaths individually more impactful that way, you know? Cause I mean, I, if I'm honest, like the flashbacks felt, you know, very kind of rushed when it was like, okay, these are the flashbacks. Now these people are dead. And it was kind of like, okay, 
I'll just say that there are so many characters that get introduced in the second half of this series that are so much more complete and so much more entertaining than these two. So I think you're going to like this episode a lot more when you look back on it in hindsight, because the second half of the show is when we're getting really introduced to a lot of the mainstays for the rest of the series. And they're all better characters than Chota, especially Chota. And um, don't you dare say that about Kyra. Bay, no, no, I yeah, fucking yeah. loved him. Well, that was something that um in episode two was kind of a good realization was like, okay, obviously there's going to be a lot of like, you know, a diverse group of people that we're going to meet throughout this. Yeah. I'm ready for like other people to join, like to see Arisu interact with other people mm-hmm. in that way. Next episode is not the greatest example because again, we don't really get introduced to many characters. But starting with episode five I, and six, I think we're really gonna you're gonna really appreciate the fact that we're not wasting time. I don't want to say on Chota and Shubuki. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah for me, it's like I don't really care about Chota yeah, and Shibuki at all. I, and I mean, I guess that's a good thing that now they're just kind of dead weight out of the way. Yeah, just character development pieces for Arisu. Just think of it like that and you'll be happier. All righty, that was episode three. I think we're all in agreement that Kadube will be missed. Chota and Shibuki, yeah, not a so much. Less. Yeah, <laughs> not so much. So we'll get right into episode four unless you guys have anything to say. Nah, just rip Ichigo. He's in all soul right. society right now. <laughs> All right, so we open up with Usagi doing her survival routine, kills a rabbit, whatever. No, um, not whatever. This is directly put in there because Usagi means rabbit, oh, okay. and it's another link to Alice in Wonderland. I mentioned that in the last podcast episode, but I think they go out of their way to put that picture in your head. So when it, coming from a uh, comparison standpoint, it's not a big sure. deal. But So regardless, she has a rabbit, has her dinner. She's uh, walking home. How and awesome, she- real quick, Dave, when she has a dinner. Eat the deck in my ass. Love it. <laughs> Gotta always be thankful for that meal. So she gets her at rabbit, sees Arisu laying in the ground. He's basically pleading for death. And Usagi's like, okay, yeah, you can die if you want. Um, she eats, comes back out to do more errands, sees him again in the same spot, unmoved, this time in the rain. And we get a little bit of an Usagi flashback right here. Uh, it's just a lovey dovey scene between her and her father. And then we like it's just him saying he loves mountain climbing essentially her being all weird and just respecting him essentially but then we get a little flash forward in that flashback of her father has been called out for basically faking a mountain climbing experience like claiming that he climbed the like the world's tallest mountain or something like that so he sets out to prove the haters wrong but dies in the process and it's kind of left up to debate whether it's suicide or if it was an accidental death to me like, I don't know what, if you guys have any comments on it or what your thoughts were, but I thought it was totally by accident that he mm-hmm. died. I know it feels like we're not really even supposed to know. It feels like really laid it on about how the tabloids were posting it as a suicide. And I'm thinking it might have been easy for her to think that, mm-hmm. you know, because she seemed she was thinking there was something off and wrong with him before he left. So I think it would be easy for her to fall into that trap of thinking that he definitely killed himself. And I, cause a reason I'm thinking that is because it just makes me think that that's kind of a reason why she has such a personal conviction to live and like not give up. Cause it feels like, you know, she might feel like her dad did that and she doesn't want to do that. But to go off that, the realization of her looking at all the news articles and seeing like suicide in all caps. And she just refuses to believe that she, refu- she just, you know, tries to believe that he actually did go out there to prove something. But at the same time, it shows her in her bedroom on the floor in the exact same per- position as Ariso on the street. So when she's in the rain, seeing him move, she's like, ah, shit, I've been there before. Exactly. And then also we did 
they have a conversation later about the communication from the tag game in episode two. She has a couple of reasons of why she wants to help Arisu. It's also interesting that it could easily just be a throwaway scene, but they she goes to a bookstore and grabs the book uh, Life in the Woods by Henry David Thoreau. And it's a book about kind of like living by yourself in the simplicity of nature and not relying on other people and like using solitude as a mm. way to find yourself. Look at the rook. Look at the rook stepping up today. <laughs> I just I just thought it was, you know, it seems like a very deliberate choice, you know, to pick that book. And what? it is and you know what her character is at the moment, but she kind of almost goes against that tendency when she saves Arisu and like kind of nurses him back to health. I actually just as you were saying that right now cuz I didn't notice the book first of all that she's reading it backwards manga love it. Yeah. <laughs> is I took that as more I mean what you just said now convinced me of why she has such a sick setup. Like she is a built survivor for this world and I I think she's very equipped both physically and mentally to survive in this kind of situation. That checks out. That's cool. I didn't even realize what book she was reading. But I do want to bring up one quick question cuz I mentioned it when we were talking about episode 3. I want to talk about the visa the last game was seven of hearts. So Arisu got seven extra days on his visa. And we already agreed he has to be at around 11-ish, right, after that game because he would have had at least four left over from the five game in episode two. So if he had 11 days left on his visa when he's laying there, like how long could he have really been laying there? Because the, the reason they both go to the game is because they say their visas are going to expire, right? So has it really been two weeks since they all died? Is this episode just like a flash through of two weeks? Is that what we're thinking? She's wearing the same clothes. So you're saying like, not the day that she finds him, but like how long, how long has he been laying there? Well, like how, how long passed between when she first sees him and then when she like sees him again? All of it. I'm just yeah. asking like what time, what kind of rain, time range do you think we're dealing with here? Cause there's not a lot of clues, but you have to use the visas and how they react to needing to expand their visas as your only marker. Even if they don't explicitly tell us ever, like, I think I'm fine with assuming that it's been like at least a week of him laying there because he is starved. Like his, he was saying his stomach was literally like begging him to eat mm -hmm. and he just didn't want to because he wanted to die. So I, I'd be fine with accepting that. But two weeks to not eat sounds like pushing I think it. you die after like a week, seven days. Yeah. yeah exactly. So maybe. Yeah. And also maybe he was in Usagi's camp for more than a few days. Yeah. They made it vague on purpose, I feel like. But I agree. I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Because if visas do stack, he is sitting pretty bad. He's got a decent amount of days. They have to stack. Like That's just because of the amount of characters we see in the world. Everyone would be going to pretty much every single game if it didn't stack like that. Yeah, so we have Arisu, like we said, awaking in Usagi's hideout, as we already pretty much covered. He wants to die, but his body won't let him. Usagi understands his feelings, as we said earlier, mm -hmm. but he should eat anyway just because she says they're inevitably going to die anyway, so you might as well just fucking eat now and just die later, you know? <laughs> so, Which I thought was honestly a good point, you know? If you're going to die, just stay alive and enjoy it while you can, I guess. Well, yeah, and there's also, like, I fucking made you food. Die yeah, after yeah. you don't. Yeah, die, but don't waste, <laughs> you know, the fucking food that I gave you. He's crying, saying, like, oh, like all my friends are gone. I'll die and go to them, but I don't deserve to live. Yeah, and exactly what you guys are saying. You're like, all right, cool. Die later. Don't waste this rat that I just killed. And I really do. I do like the quote, my body wants to live, but there's no point in me living. I think it's a proportional response from him, though, because if you're we're going to assume like multiple days are passing and he's pretty much given up, he's being forced to kind of eat. And then he's going to go through this game survival with Usagi and find a new purpose of to survive. And then also to get revenge on the game masters and stuff like that. So I, I do like the amount of time we got shown him moping around because it would have been defeated if he was just good to go in the beginning of this episode. 
Yeah, I enjoy, and even in last episode with him, like, you know, seeing the older woman mm-hmm. in Shibuki, just letting us know, you know, that he's not just like tanking this shit. I've always got morals. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's one thing for all your friends to have died, but it's another thing to think that you were the reason why it happened. Mm-hmm. So I think that in addition to all of them being gone is like, I mean, I, I don't, an emotional weight that I cannot comprehend. But Kyle, I want to ask you a question because now that we're at the halfway point, this is a good time for you to put a prediction on the board about uh, Usagi and Arisu. Do you feel any sexual tension or is this more like a family kind of they're just going to look after each other thing? It's funny you say that because the next note I have written is her quote saying, I don't want you to die with a sub quote that says or a sub note that says banging confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> banging confirmed. Okay. Yeah. Lock it in. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it could be platonic in that sense but like dude when you're going through all these life on the line situations and they're going back and forth helping each other out and saving it's like basic human biology that that romantic connection is going to form do we like arusagi or aragi better aragi or arasagi definitely arusagi arusagi okay that's the uh the shipping name we got then arusagi Arusagi. all right it's now ship it send it we'll fucking wait on it clip it and ship it arusagi is now a thing and so what we have next is them basically getting ready to go to the game so arisu we find out is eaten um they both decided to that they have to go to their next game because their visa is about to expire but uh I just want to make the point that the fucking music in this episode also, I mean, okay. The music at the end of last episode was great, but the music in this scene, when we get the transition from kind of like the, I want you to live or I don't want you to die. And then to like night falls and we're going to the game when it's like, yeah, it's literally epic hype techno music as they, yeah, it was really ground tunnel. I loved it. I thought it was so hype. It's just the the rise of Arisu's emotions again. Like he's going to get back into it. The f- and the first thing that I thought of was Uzumaki Khan going, the music, the music. It was just like, it sets the scene so well. Every anime has badass walk up soundtrack scene. You know what I mean? Like One Piece, I think it is just always, they do <sighs> it so well. So uh, their next game begins on a bus that's actually underground uh, on like some underground highway, I guess. They arrive and they meet a group of three players. They don't tell us their names, not that they're important whatsoever. Dark tooth, bad ankle, and old guy. Isn't what I had. Which one was Panther Bait? Yeah. I had the one guy as family man, family guy. Yeah, I, I just like... kept rooting Rando every yeah. time I talked about any of them. Takuma or Takuma has the bum leg or the bum ankle. I'm not going to remember any of yeah, them. Yeah, Saison <laughs> is, is Panther Bait. <laughs> and then uh, Yamane is... Shark Tooth? Is the family man. And we do find out that they have been together for, I think they said three games. So they're using the tactic that Karube, Chota, and Arisu all had. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything we learn, that that is not the way to do this. So after the introductions are made, game is revealed to be called a game of distance. It's a four of clubs. And immediately we know that this, whatever his name is, fucked because he's got a bum leg and there's no shot that he's going to be running anything. But yeah, the goal of the game is to just reach the goal it's very vague instructions it just says reach the goal so one of the confusing things about this game with the hindsight of how it ends and the solution to it of just being stay in the in the bus i'm concerned at why it's classified as a a clubs being a team battle when i also think it could have been a wits battle i know you you don't have to make it obvious and make it a like make a a fake out and put it at spades because it wasn't actually physical and they have that conversation while they're running and that's all fine 
but it should have been wits over team battle, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the words in the rules of endure the trial, I guess, is kind of like, you know, banding together to like ensure that they would. St- I mean, because if you think about it from the say you figured it out immediately and someone if say if someone suggested like, hey, we don't need to go anywhere. We just need to sit here. Yeah, I don't think that would have like I don't think that would have flew. I think they all would have been like, "There's literally no way that's what it is." Yeah, I guess you're right. They needed to really see the end of the tunnel to know that it was not the answer. Yeah, and I mean, I guess technically too, why the fuck was the motorcycle there? Like, were they assuming that someone was going to be hurt and not be able to fucking go with them, so they had to go send someone back? I don't know. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. This brings me back to when we talked about the first episode, when they first got transferred or everybody else disappeared, we don't know what happens, but why are there some cars on the streets and not completely filled? Is it purposely, are the cars purposely placed there or is it exactly like it was when they got teleported? It's, it's really ambiguous, but, Mm -hmm. and it's very frustrating because they never tell you. And who the fuck graffitied the bus? Who did that? I don't know. You know. Alice in Wonderland, Queen of Hearts. Who yeah. knows? I'm just saying, I mean, I, that's saying, I mean, it's something that, but an ongoing question of like, yeah. who perfectly places these phones here? Who tapes up these paper signs? You know, so it'll be interesting right. to, to find that A- out. 8.04 p.m. Write that down. Kyle had that uh, question. <laughs> I do like, though, there's something that I was thinking was a plot hole, but it wasn't after they showed at the end of the episode because I think it's usagi that actually checks out the side of the bus but then at the end of the episode like where it says goal on it but at the end of the episode they show you from her perspective and it doesn't actually look like it really says goal from where she was standing it's kind of written with the windows distorting it a little bit and that made me feel a lot better because i was thinking is she not looking at the answer right there being a vet and watching it for the second time but it made sense no i was exactly on the same boat i was watching them like so thoroughly, I was like, if you guys looked at that side and, and yeah. didn't realize it said gold, I was going to be pissed. But no, they walked around the other side of the bus, walked around the front of the bus, and then got to the bus entrance, mm-hmm. like basically next to the G. And I was looking at the camera angle that they showed, and it was on such a skew that you couldn't read yeah. the graffiti at all. And no, at this, it was so frustrating. It was the bus was like angled up against the wall. Is gold? the same in japanese as english or do they all just know english all know english i assume there's some words that just like they say in english like start yeah. but i'm pretty sure there's a japanese word for start like they say game start to like <laughs> like i don't know it's just weird I don't they're know. like goal, yeah, goal. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't know okay we have a number it's like a thousand blanks like kilometers did maybe we already say that they ditched the hurt guy yeah yeah okay we can say that just to make be clear they ditched the one dude and the f- four of them continue running on they just keep running and he does like accept it in a good way i thought for that character i was happy at how he took it yeah yeah, i'm sacrificing his two boys were like we'll we'll find a way to figure this out he's like no just do this fucking game let's go you have a he tells him you like you have a family you have to go home and focus on that Mm -hmm. yeah i like that so they show us a little later that he's kind of just like sitting there like thinking i guess just like yeah (laughs) contemplating his mortality what the fuck would you do like this is the one question i have like do you think that you could rub one out do you think you could get yourself to do that no i think i would be mentally torn i could not picture naked lady hours i would try and kill myself two hours why the The laser would kill you way way quicker way cleaner yeah yeah 
why think about it for two hours when I can just do it instantly right now? Because it wouldn't be instantly. You could definitely find something around you to make it instant. No, I totally agree, though, Kyle. If I was that guy, I would not just sit there and be like, huh, like, this is my fate. I would, like, kind of try to, like, limp around and see if there's anything even remotely around. You would have died. yourself with, right? Yeah. You would have died. Dave's uh, mental fortitude is so low. <laughs> I don't know how you guys would be able to just sit there just thinking, I'm going to die in one hour, 59 minutes, one hour, 58 minutes. I don't know, bro. Maybe I'll just think about, you know, times we've had together and some okay. food we ate and shit before I okay. just like would just jump right to suicide. So <laughs> let's get suicide. let's get to the uh, to the water station. Do you guys think that was actual water or do you think it was poison fuck no that's not real water my second watch through the first time i was like oh yeah that's definitely water my second time watching this i'm just like fuck no that shit's poisoned to fucking hell if i know i have the opposite experience where i thought it was definitely poisonous the first time i watched it but this time i thought that there's a chance that it actually was real because there is planted assistance throughout the games and that's agreed there is also red herrings purposely like even the first game there's the live and the die door that was a red herring right there but then there's this gas-powered motorcycle that they can use and then there's also the the tools that you could have used if you were an evil person in the in the last wolf game like that was actually an aid you know so there are aids sometimes and then as well there's there's stuff that is fake yeah and it honestly would have been an aid in them losing like it True. technically wasn't a good thing because, you it know, if they would have had to get water, water, it would have helped them get farther away from the bus. I like that reasoning right there, Kyle, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was also I just I mean, I like the scene because they're all kind of like, who the fuck's going to drink it? Like, you got I'm not going to do it. But like, she looks thirsty and then she pulls out the water bottle and gives it to Arisu. She doesn't even take a sip. And then he's yeah. like, just hands it to them. And it's just for me, I liked her reaction a little bit. Like, she doesn't say anything, but you could tell it was. She's like, what the heck's going on here? I know, and they were like, is this cool? And he was like, of course it's cool. So it'll be interesting going forward to see like how she handles his mindset of like helping out everyone and doing everything, you know, to ensure as many people as possible can survive. While her mindset is, it's me, and that's it. It was so weird to me that like of all the four people there, Adisu was the first one to just walk up to the station without any regrets of just chugging that water. He was just, <laughs> he was about to do it. The men, like the mentally strongest dude there, is just about to just risk his life for a sip of water without thinking. I don't know. It was weird. Okay, well, I will say that the one dude's a fucking psychopath. Fucking Yamane. How he now, the water? Saizan. No, I because he's <laughs> fucking wearing that. he's wearing sandals, bro. Like what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> This guy's crazy. Like, I, I feel I, like when I saw him doing that, my first thought was everything in the world is free. Like, why would you not have decked out with, like, a <laughs> brand new pair of running shoes? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> joggers like ready to go for every single scenario. I was also thinking you're wearing a tank top, but you're wearing a short sleeve fucking button down while you're running all these kilometers. Just take the button down off, you freak. But yeah, I don't know. that's semantics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's too. It's like they were all just like dirty as shit. And it's just like they've won three games. Like they've had enough time to take all of the free stuff that's in the world. I just mm-hmm. feel like it was I like thinking about how the hell they survived. It's all like Usagi takes advantage, of course. Yeah, she's always yeah. fucking dripped out. Just brand new, fresh fucking clothes. She has fucking it looks like new shoes. I love her character, man. I, I didn't think I liked her as much at this point the first watch through but i just think she's awesome and i'm starting to jump on board like she's hot right 
I, I, I'm not. <laughs> she looks, I love the haircut. Yeah, that was exactly what I was gonna say, Kyle. Is I think she is attractive, definitely, but the haircut. If she got, if she had like a ponytail, anything else, I'm all for it. But it's just the haircut. And what's weird too is because it's a Mikasa style haircut, and I find Mikasa the the manga character very attractive. <laughs> It's all that hentai you're watching, dude. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, it's a cartoon, so. Of course, no, yeah. I was gonna say yeah, I no, miss. No, that's waifu, but like in uh, when Usagi pulls it off, not a good look. Mikasa, yes, not her. I miss Shubiki. I'll be honest. You think those she was tor- more attractive? Those th- well, torpedoes galore, man. Come on. Also, I just want to put this out there. Why I called the dude with the tank top and the short sleeve button down? I called him Shark Tooth because his necklace. I always thought it was a shark tooth that he had there. Uh, on the rewatch, it's right in front of me. It's not even close to a fucking shark tooth. <laughs> it's like it's like a piece of metal, like wings or something that like that. Is uh, panther bait? No, no, no. Okay, panther bait was Saison, okay, okay. aka Python, aka. Yeah, right I was gonna now. say now that we're talking now that we're talking about panther bait, they encounter a panther, <laughs> and they just are for like a few minutes here. They're trying to dodge and weave the panther, and one of the guys gets absolutely wrecked and just immediately becomes fodder number one. He goes, oh, man, this is becoming really serious, isn't it? And then immediately Panther on his neck. See, and it's just chomping, chomping. He has a knife, though, and he gets a couple good swings in. Honestly. I was going to say, you got to take that fodder comment back because he literally kills it. Yeah, he was a beast. Kills himself. He does nothing. Yeah, but he killed the Panther. Did the Panther die? Yeah, because Arisu walks the motorcycle back and he starts going slow when he gets to that part and he sees the Panther and the guy dead. Oh, right I didn't there. see the Panther. I definitely saw the, yeah. the guy's body. I he would have, Arisu would have died. That was one of my comments is why the fuck would you go back knowing that there's a Panther yeah. still there? But that makes sense now. 100%. Not fodder. Take it back. Yeah. Okay. Not fodder. Good not sacrifice. fodder. <laughs> yeah. Put some respect on Saizan. It's, it's Saizan. My, my next bulletproof says, I'm so out of it today. I'm sorry, everybody. It's time, baby. I'll be at the sacrifice of fodder number one. So it kind of contradicts each other, but uh, they continue on. And like Kyle said, Adisu notices a Royal Enfield motorcycle and they deduce that it has a diesel engine. And of course, the bus at the start of the game had a fucking diesel engine. And Adisu, fresh off, quote unquote, killing his friends is like, I'm not going to let anyone die exactly halfway through the time. And I'm going to go back there and save this dude. But what are you doing? And you have to carry this whole fucking motorcycle back. Like you're at exactly the halfway point. So you have to not only keep the pace you were at getting to that point, but now you have to lug a motorcycle too. So much of that pissed me off. Just the timing. They gave us a timing. Why would that be the half point? Um, Just to skip ahead a little bit. He gets back to the bus with 15 minutes left in the game. So he destroyed his first pace when he was just starting out running without, I'm sorry, with dragging a motorcycle with him. And it it just seemed very frustrating. I'm just now realizing the Panther might have taken some time, but like 15 minutes, like, yeah, you said shaved 15 minutes off his time. Like, that's fucking tough. Seemed a little unrealistic. So speaking of half the time, that's kind of when like alarm bells were going off for me. Uh, I was thinking like this feels way too easy if they could complete it with this much time left. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like they got to the end and they kind of sat down and there was a lot of time left. Like obviously the Panther was difficult, but in reality, like if the Panther wasn't there, like it would have been insanely easy for them to just get to the end. Like they almost could have walked there. So mm-hmm. That's why I was kind of thinking like, what the fuck is going on here? And well, you I'm didn't glad. have any ideas that the boss was the actual. Oh, uh, no, a, no, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad things, you know, turned out to be in a good way. Like, oh, my God, it was right fucking in front of us, mm-hmm. you know. 
just to go further on with the, the point of how the timing doesn't match up. So Usagi and um, fucking Sharktooth are sitting at the finish line. And this is after the 15 minutes, 15 minute warning. So Iriso is back at the beginning. When the water starts to leak, it's, you know, 10 minutes remaining, 15 minutes remaining. How far does she, was she able to run back and then the bus meet them? Like at what point it wasn't the halfway point, it wasn't the middle. Also, when Arisu says like, if I get back to the bus, like we'll easily make it with that much time left. Like how? Like there was cars everywhere blocking the straight path. Yeah. Like there were so many things where I was like, your logic just doesn't make sense. Usually, usually you're so smart, Arisu. What's going on? I just don't like to think about it because you're right. It's not the easiest to to work around that writing, but yeah, the, I just think the biggest issue for me was was the cars because yeah, like the, the Panther scene, it's four cars in the lanes cluttered everywhere. I don't know how you yeah. bus through that. Yeah, how are they possibly getting that bus there? And also, I mean, it was just kind of funny. the The water was a great twist because I was like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit!" Did not expect this at all. But then I was thinking, like, couldn't they just get in a car and, like, kind of ride the wave? But also, they're, like, running away from it, and they show, like, the water crashing around the bend far away from them. But it's also moving so fast. And I was like, there's literally no fucking way they got that far. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, before the water was going to catch up to them. I know. I hate moving. They they make that fucking same joke in Family Guy. It's like oh like oh no is this a is this a chase scene where it's inconsistent length from scene to yeah. scene and then like it shows them really close and then they cut around the corner and all of a sudden it's like triple the space. It's that's exactly what just happened here. I okay. just I just well, thought it was unnecessary. Let's just inject some positivity into this <laughs> conversation because even though it was super unrealistic when he is having the bus ride towards usagi we we see the 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 whole dam basically broke through killed shark tooth almost instantly because he was being a little bitch and wasn't listening to usagi just run bro stop looking back but man when you see arisu around that corner with his hand stuck out you gotta suspend realistic expectations of physics and that was amazing <laughs> that dude. was that was so fucking cool they did the turn the reach the grab the catch i'm glad you dude. liked it <laughs> Dude, the turn, fucking Dom Toretto behind the wheel, dude. What the yeah. fuck was that maneuver, dude? I could never have pulled that off. He's got- even horizontally a fit in the tunnel. Who knows? It, he killed <laughs> I mean, it, though, it, dude. I guess it does. It doesn't. He whipped that thing around yeah. perfectly, and it pissed me off that the as soon as he cut it to the side, the bus was going sideways. It didn't roll. It just skidded on the tires. But I was like, you know. This isn't realistic in general, so I'm just not. I'm just going to let that go. Yeah, Luke just said suspend your physics. I know. Sorry. Sorry. It was cool, man. He fucking. It was uh, cool. You know? Drift catch. Yeah, it was was sick. And And honestly, Usagi was wet. I liked the twist of the goal being the bus. And then they were like, what was the number? And Arisu was like, distance from the goal. And I was like, ah, genius. Fuck. We didn't Damn. say it earlier, too, but he had a cool shot where when he did ride the motorcycle up to the bus and he stopped for a second, the camera focused on his face. He was like, holy fuck, When because he's looking at it, say, goal on the side, but you can't see that yet. That was a cool shot. I'd be so pissed. Yeah, honestly. And if Usagi I- was with him, he'd probably been, guy, right, let's just chill. We're good. But I guess he, he does want to save the other guy, too, probably. Yeah, Dom Toretto was going to go get his boys. <laughs> yeah. Dom Beast. Toretto. He's got one good ankle, but you only hey, need one good ankle he to lives. whip. 
Bro, he's got family. This no, 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 no. The hurt that, that was shark tooth. I meant that like his boys were his family, so he was going to go back for them. But we can call him Dom Toretto if we see him again. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be calling him Dom Toretto for much longer. <laughs> All right, so Dom Toretto is just limping off. And they're like, where are you going? And he's like, who knows? But maybe we'll meet again. You don't want to stay with them? That made no sense to me. Probably lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Oh yeah, I don't got friends. I got family. <laughs> he doesn't think that far, bro. He just does what he just does what he feels. Annoying played, again. I was gonna say if I played, see you again, and he was limping away. <laughs> again, where's the card? Do they show it? No. Who gets the card? That pisses me off. Just show the fucking Clearly, card. They're gonna give it to Arisu. He deserves it. All right, and then we get the Usagi Arisu conversation. They're at the bay, and. He reveals to Usagi about the beach and he wants to say, Hey, like Carver Bay, like told me all about it. Like, I want to believe in him and I want to like follow through with his plan. Let's fucking do it. Where's the closest he also, beach? My favorite part of this conversation and probably the episode, I thought this was where it really solidified the character development from last episode when he does really set his resolve to say he's going to avenge everybody and he wants to kill the mastermind and he wants to live. So, all of that, I was like, Hell yeah. Because let's get some main character vibes going. Let's get some badassery in this dark world and kill some motherfuckers. Yeah, that was um, something I had written down uh, during episode three when he kind of says, like, I don't want to win because, like, you guys are all I have. So, like, what would be the point? And I, a question I had asked was kind of like, you know, is he going to find a reason to live beyond that? Will he get a motivation that goes beyond just wanting to survive? So it is nice to see that. Mm-hmm. He's going beyond just trying to find out about the the game master. He's basically saying, you know, I'm about to kill this motherfucker. Let's go. Uh, the person I was watching this episode with actually thought episode four she liked more than episode three. Well, that's fine. I mean, episode yeah, no, no. Three, I just I just wanted to see what you guys more emotional. Had to think. Yeah, because I definitely for me it was sold on three without a doubt. Like that's where the connection for me was. Like I love this show. Yeah. This episode was a great follow-up for sure, especially seeing Arisu being down in the dumps and seeing how he was going to overcome that and how he now has a new friend in uh, Usagi. But... And Usagi backstory too, which is nice. Yeah. Thank God for Usagi, just picking him up out of the gutter, literally. I want to say two things. One, what a fucking shot of that bridge, that beautiful suspension bridge that turned it into a winding. It looked like a beam. Bridge. Oh, man, it was beautiful double decker for those also, who didn't know yeah paul is our engineer master over here so he gets hard at the sight of bridges also <laughs> you guys want to do a little higher vibe i got two little higher vibes for you right here for higher vibe all right to let you guys know how this works i'm going to say something they're going to either say hey paul i vibe with you that makes sense or you're high and that makes absolutely no sense at all. Okay. So you're either going to say Paul high or vibe, or you can go eh, if you're on the fence. I'm going to tell you right now, Kyle, these are things that me, Dave, and Luke do not know the answer to. So these are big, broad, open ended questions. First one Usagi's father is in the game. He disappeared. Wow. We don't, we don't know what happened. Yeah. I actually vibe. Oh my god, that's a, that's fucking awesome if they decide like if that's a thing. Survivor, baby. He taught her to survive and maybe he got caught up in the game. Wow. Hell yeah. I maybe, vibe. Maybe he's the game master. Vibe. Not with Dave, with you. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, what do you say? Oh, I'm vibing. I love that. Love You're that. vibing. I don't think that's gonna happen, but I like the I, I like that you have these these mindsets, Paul. 
So, so I have a, a question for you guys about the meaning behind the game, but I'm going to save that until the finale when Kyle has seen all the information that we have. But just keep that, keep that in the mind. And then my, my second one that I had here, and Luke, I talked to you before, Arisu's ID number when he pulls it up on his phone, 1000254. I'm sorry. Two four five. Dude, my dyslexia is kicking yourself. in. Who the fuck would have known? <laughs> there would have been somebody. So my question is: Do you guys think that there have been one million and two hundred and forty-five participants? Because Kyle, just to let you know, I feel like there you will see more than two hundred and forty-five participants. I think you're high. I don't think there's that many people. I think like Tokyo is huge. That's our city, right? Tokyo, like. Mm-hmm. But I think a million people, I don't know, like it's possible because the amount of people that die, like at the rate that they die at. But I just think that's a that's a little bit of a stretch. How many lasers we saw that first night, though? Population of Tokyo is 10 million. Yeah, I mean, it's the most popular city in the country. I mean, the country in the world, I think so. But not everybody is in the game. Yeah, that would be about what? A ninth. All of Japan is 126 million. So the only reason I say this is because wasn't Shota and Kirby's ID number very? It was like one zero 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 two four six. I thought they were like right next to each other, so that's why I just thought it was a constant count up. I'm saying hi. I don't think there's been that many people. I don't think there is going to be that many people either. Yeah, I think I'm going to go high. I feel like it. I might have vibed if it was like not the million, but just like the two hundred and and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are things that we may figure out. Who knows? Yeah, I would but, like a hard number. That'd be sick. Just, just statistics. Yeah, just putting it out there to make you uh, think about it as you're watching the rest of the season. It's interesting that you say that too, because they haven't, besides um, Usagi running into Artisu while he's laying on the ground, they didn't really run into anyone outside of games. So I would feel like a million people. Yeah. You would kind of notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So basically, you're high. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Well, yeah, that's I, what, I was going to ask that question, too, because I was like, I mean, technically, you're probably high. <laughs> Even if I'm vibing with you, you're probably high. I'll bring the, this question back up at the end of yeah. the finale as well, just to see if anything has changed or not. But yeah, that's all I got for today. I have one more comment before we go on. This is directly to Kyle. I just want to say that. Be ready for these next two episodes. I know I said that for these two, but now instead of moving away from it, we it really does start to feel like the first four episodes are just set up. And now like five, six, seven, eight, a lot of things start happening past just, you know, one game here and then someone dies. Like we're going to start, it starts going zero to a hundred. And like I said earlier, it's not really a spoiler. You're going to get introduced to a lot more characters and they're just so eccentric. Like we haven't seen, we didn't even see, uh, white hair. We saw him for a minute in the first, in the beginning of episode two, uh, three. But like, there's just so many good characters that you're about to meet. A lot more Alice in Wonderland references that are going to start popping their heads up, and just bigger end game stuff is just going to start. Now you're the theories are really going to start taking off. I think you're going to have actual information to use. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited for like the combo of of Arisu and, and Usagi. Mm-hmm. Arisagi. I think that they may just make a good team. I think he obviously is the brains and she's kind of the brawn, but classic it's just like, and like I had said, while we talked about um, the distance game, it's just going to be interesting to see how she adapts to having to rely on someone else 
and also have to kind of look out for someone else because Ichigo and Chota and Arisu were kind of all looking out for each other. And it'll be interesting to see how she kind of adapts to his mindset when it comes down to it. Because she's obviously interested in a little bit because she was kind of complimentary about him helping out in the tag game beyond just the fact that it helped her survive. So I'm excited to see how their relationship kind of grows. And as they set out to find the beach, I'm just like fucking I'm really curious about what the beach is going to end up being. Mm, should be. And also the last thing that I'll say to uh, kind of piggybacking off of what Dave had said about episode four versus episode three. I'm just, I'm glad that, you know, it was both of these two episodes together. Mm-hmm. I think watching episode four uh, just kind of gives you a different perspective on three and makes you like almost feel better about it. Yes, definitely. I think it just, it worked out perfectly just in our podcasting format that it is going to be like the, how the, it's going to be two, 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 two. Just the thing that happens at the end of each of these pairs is just perfect for us. All right. That's going to be it for this episode of Alice in Borderland. We are officially halfway through the series and it only gets spicier from here. Be sure to check out our coverage of Shadow and Bone and our interview with Megana Tova. Give Binchown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and check out our website, BingetownTV.com. Once again, this is Binchtown TV and thanks for listening. Love you guys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.